Hello and welcome to Influence by Fitby. We bring you the life stories of the world's most popular people, influencers, how they started, what they do and where they plan to be. Tune in every week to follow the journey. Maybe you're a budding influencer looking for some tips or perhaps you're a brand looking to kick off an influencer marketing campaign. At Influence by Fitby, you'll hear it from the horse's mouth. Interested? Then subscribe, sit back and listen. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a positive review. Enjoy. On this episode, we chat to businesswoman, mother and influencer, Holly Grant, aka at the Pilates PT, who explains how she juggles a hectic schedule and what she would do if she was just starting on Instagram. If you're an influencer yourself and would like to feature on a podcast or a brand looking to sponsor an episode, feel free to get in touch by emailing team at fitby.agency. So listen on and get to know more about Holly. Hello and welcome to the Influence Podcast and today we have Holly. How are you Holly? I'm good, thank you. I'm slightly tired because uh, I do have a five-month-old baby that seems to hate sleeping overnight at the moment. But I am, um, I'm here, and I'm good, and I'm ready to go. So happy you're here, and thanks for your time. And we'll definitely be coming back to the subject of um, having a baby and juggling your social media accounts. So, can you give us a bit of background about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Holly Grant. I'm the owner of a company called Pilates PT. And as a business, our aim is to kind of empower people to love exercise and respect their bodies. And we do that through having two one-to-one studios. So I have a personal training studio in Parsons Green in Fulham and one in Knightsbridge within the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. Uh, We have an online plan um, which combines my training methods so pilates and hits and we have a podcast as well the strong women podcast which is obviously all about strong women in the industry and we also um, obviously have social media and I think they are and a blog <laughs> and they're the main ones um I uh, was a Pilates instructor I'm a Pilates instructor uh, but I was a Pilates instructor first and then I qualified as a personal trainer as well and um yeah kind of that's that's how it went for me that was about eight years ago and still still carrying on still going with it amazing what a story today um can you tell us how you got into Pilates were you a sporty kid um how did it kind of transpire from um a teenager years through to where you are um I think it was all kind of meant to be to be honest so I my dad was in the parachute regiment so um super hardcore super active growing up so I kind of saw him always exercising and you know he's I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying this but he's in his uh nearly nearly in his 60s and he's a strong man competitor now as well so he's always been into fitness and I actually went to a military boarding school um so that was super fit as well. You know, the fitness was on the schedule a lot. And um, I was, so I was always really interested in exercise, uh, but I actually wanted to be a pastry chef and my school were really quite pushy about going to university and getting a degree just as a backup. Um, 
so I studied psychology and when I finished my degree I actually uh, got a really amazing job in London with a pastry chef kind of chocolatier that I'd always wanted to work for so moved to London on my own was working for this person as an apprentice for a year and whilst it was an incredible job and I got to enter competitions and um, you know meet amazing customers clients it also really took its toll on me so after a year I actually had really quite bad depression and one day I literally just couldn't ever go back into the kitchen again um so a friend of mine mentioned look while you get your head straight why don't you come and uh, work at the Pilates studio that I work in they need a receptionist so I started as a receptionist and I instantly fell in love with Pilates because it was all about building a strong functional body uh, which is what I had kind of seen in my dad growing up um, and really enjoyed the client focused you know client side of things I enjoyed running the studio I was made manager and then the owner said look uh, you love Pilates and um, you know you've got pretty good at it why don't you go and do your training and I'll hire you as an instructor and so I did and then was an instructor then I was head trainer at a couple of studios across London and that's when I decided you know what actually I want to do this myself I feel like I can do this better if that doesn't sound too arrogant and um, that's when I set up my my first studio about five years ago. Inspirational uh, to sum it up in one word um, it sounds like you're mentally equipped to take on the challenges which you've obviously gone for um it's probably something that you innately learnt from your dad subconsciously um from what i can hear that's probably my best guess and it kind of shows um through your social media work that you're um as much as it's fun it's good and it's it's inspirational it's also very to the point and direct and it's um you know you can it, it makes more sense now you just said that can you tell us a bit about your Instagram feed? Um, what do you feel it stands for? Yeah, um, so social, me social media, it can be a bit of a love-hate relationship at times. Um, so I started it on Instagram quite a long time ago, um, and I started it really because... I had a business and it was a great platform and it was you know same with everyone on Instagram it was interesting and fun and it's it's interesting when you have a business and you have to kind of keep that in mind alongside it being your Instagram page so it's not my personal page it's kind of my business page um and I started I think I started the page really to help spread the message that exercise is about um you know, feeling empowered, learning new skills, meeting new people, pushing your body, challenging yourself. And it really, really isn't about weight loss. And that actually putting exercise in the same sentence as weight loss is so disappointing and so negative. And it's such a shame and it's such a waste. And actually, there's so much more you can get from exercise. So I really tried to channel that message through social media um, whilst also uh, keeping in mind that it was a business page as well. Uh, so, and I think that I started that at a time when not many other people were also banging that drum. A lot of the fitness industry was about weight loss. And that was, you know, there would be lots of pictures of before and afters on social media. And that just wasn't really what I wanted to do. And, but I have seen that over the years, things are changing. And there are now a lot of people with a similar ethos as me. And that comes with its own challenges as well. But I would say that, yeah, my Instagram page was all about trying to spread a message and, um, 
and every post I put up had to be really authentic and really sensitive and make sure that I wasn't contributing to the negative side of the fitness industry. Really interesting and, and it's just it's great to hear insight from the person behind the account because it, it makes everything slightly clearer. Um, how have you got to where you are today as an influencer? I think that uh, I would, I'd actually call myself almost an accidental influencer because it was never my intention. My Instagram page, my social media was never necessarily about getting lots of followers or, um, you know, attracting any paid advertising or anything like that, or, or even that being my career. It was more that my career led to me being an influencer. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's kind of been completely organic. I think that because I had a slightly different message about exercise in the fitness industry, and because I choose not to put pictures up myself, you know, flexing the abs, which since having a baby, I actually don't have anymore anyway. Um, <laughs> but because I chose to go down a different route, I think that really resonated with particularly women who were starting to feel a little bit demotivated um, by what they were seeing on Instagram and people wanted to see the reality behind some of the Instagram pages. Um, so I think that has helped with the kind of engagement that we get and the followers that we have. Uh, I think they just really like the message behind the page, um, especially since having Freya. So one of the things I just, I guess I've really noticed since having Freya is people like to see your experiences and your struggles and what you're going through. And then they also like to hear how you're overcoming that and being really authentic and, you know, not just saying, uh, I've done this because I've been paid to promote this product, you know, really talking honestly about what's going on in your life and, and how you're overcoming it. So I've really seen that since having Freya, particularly, you know, with regards to the fact that she's not sleeping very well overnight. We get lots of messages, lots of engagement from other women who are in the same position, normally at about 3am in the morning when they're sat trying to stay awake for the night feeds. And yeah. so I think that that's kind of how I've developed as a, as an accidental influencer i mean authenticity is definitely key from our um, side of things and i think that in this day and age most of the followers that engage with people like yourself can smell bs and if your um, posts or if one's posts come across as being um, created just for likes or for engagement with only real message i think people will just switch off so i think that you know that and I think it comes across in what you do as well um can you tell us how you juggle um being a mum, business owner social media influencer to a degree um and everything else that goes with it oh gosh I don't... Big question right now. <laughs> <laughs> well it's also more that I'm not sure I am juggling it um I think the main thing I've learned is you have to accept, and I know that we have talked about this, George, because um, I, we've had, I've actually had to rearrange this podcast a couple of times because of Freya. I think it's understanding and accepting that things are going to be different now and that you might have to say no to things and you also might have to let people down and you just have to hope that they are just like you were, completely understanding and, and that they're not going to you know find fault in you for doing so so first of all you have to change your mindset and realize you can't do everything anymore and at the end of the day you know Freya will always have to come first um and then I guess it's just trying to make sure that when you're doing one part of your job you're really focused on it so 
whilst I could sit here responding to emails, trying to hold Freya on my hip, I think what I try and do is separate the time out. So when I'm with Freya, I'm with Freya and I'm present and, you know, I don't try to do work at the same time. And then when I'm working, I'll make sure that she's either with my husband, who's actually my business partner. And so he works on the business as well, um, or she's napping. So I can really focus on, uh, the, on work. So I think it's, it's definitely a juggling act. It's been harder than I ever thought it was going to be because there are no set times. You know, you can't guarantee when a baby's going to wake up. You can't guarantee how long she's going to stay asleep. Um, but I think it's just trying not to do everything and making sure that when you're working on one task, you are fully focused on that and you don't try and do everything all at once. Great advice for anyone that finds themselves in a similar situation uh, of have, trying to juggle family life and a business. So I'm sure that will come in handy for people out there. Um, going back to the social media side of things, a lot of people are reluctant to use the term influencer. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a bit of a dirty word sometimes, isn't it? And I think that a lot of people I speak to who kind of work um, maybe in the wellness industry or who are an influencer, they, they can at times feel a bit cringy about it. And I think it's because even the, the name influencer, it can feel, if you use it about yourself, almost a bit arrogant that you think that you have some influence over other people. But actually, if you think about what an influencer is, that that is, in essence, what you're doing. You're influencing other people's behaviors based on your experiences and your actions. Um, so at times, I have to remind myself that it doesn't need to be a cringy word and it doesn't need, you know, that that in essence I am an influencer um but I think that there are sometimes negative connotations to it and I think it's because sometimes people can think that if you're only uh, if being an influencer is your career or if social media is your main job um I think people can look down on that and actually we need to realize that times are changing and you know social media is a huge part of our world right now and that it can be a very lucrative career and as long as you're authentic and you know you're not hurting anybody that doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing at all uh, but yeah I do I, I agree it can be it, it's got it's a bit of a dirty word for some people. Yeah we've discussed it here all the time especially on the podcast and I think the overwhelming majority seem to think that it's probably because it might be looked upon as being manipulative when really, if you use your influence positively, it's showing, it can potentially be showing someone how to do things in an inspired manner or to try things that they may not try before. So it really, if used for good, it can be a really positive thing. Um, yeah, I agree. And actually, you know, on that note, You'd said earlier on, I think people can see now when someone is just advertising something because they've been paid. And I do think it's great that we that you do now have to admit when something is an ad or it's been gifted to you. I think that's really helpful to have a bit more transparency. Um, but I do think that if you genuinely are using a product um, or a service and you do genuinely have an opinion on it and you put it on social media 
that's so powerful and so helpful to so many people. So at the moment, we've been struggling with Freya sleeping overnight, as I said. And we've had lots of people messaging as well saying, if you, if anyone comes up with any advice, you know, please, can you share it? And we'll often put a question out there to our audience, which is predominantly female. And lots of them have had children. Now we'll say, you know, does anybody have any tips or has anybody found any good, you know, maternity bras? And when we tell our audience the answers it's influencing them to potentially buy of course but because it's helpful I would rather that they bought that maternity bra that actually everyone says is amazing than wasting their money on a rubbish one and recently I purchased a sleep program from a company and I paid for it myself I've got absolutely no affiliation with this brand whatsoever but it has change things dramatically and so I'm more than happy to mention them on social media and I know that that has led other people to buy and also to have success so I think that it doesn't have to be a negative and it's not manipulating people to buy at all it's actually helping people not waste their money on products uh, that are rubbish but it has to be genuine to you it has to be a, a product that you genuinely like and you genuinely use otherwise I do think your followers can just see straight through it completely agree and I think one of the big things that you're saving people as well is time and I think that's probably even well we know it's mm-hmm. a priceless commodity because you can't get it back so um I think in you kind of cycling through things that you like and don't like and potentially helping people is a massive time saver so um, yeah no, good for you I think it's pretty good um do you feel the pressure of social media amongst everything else that you're doing motherhood parenthood being a wife business etc I do. I really do. I think that's where the whole love-hate relationship comes into it. Um, Because I think at times I have felt like I might be a little bit, and I hope I don't offend anybody here, a little bit older than the generation that really do get social media. Um, So well well into my 30s. And um, I think that, so Instagram can sometimes feel like quite a young environment and it does sometimes feel a bit awkward to me walking down the street talking to the camera or you know when I'm busy having fun doing things my first thought isn't to get my phone out and take photos of that or document it so I really have to force myself to do it and I know that you know there are people following who might find that interesting and therefore that's why I should do it and you know lots of people like myself as well sometimes at home maybe not getting to go to these places and experience these classes and they would like to get an insight into things that they wouldn't normally have access to so I completely understand the reason behind it but yeah I sometimes do struggle to remember to do those things and I do have to be really mindful of or remember to take some photos of this event so everyone can see how amazing it is Um, and then yeah as soon as you add in a child and a business uh, and a a full-on to-do list it can sometimes go to the bottom of the list but actually I think for a business like ours it's incredibly important Um, especially because you know one of the you asked me earlier on about my uh, Instagram page and actually another one of my hopes with the page was that I could help change people's perception of Pilates because Pilates 
used to have this connotation of being for kind of old women or people who were injured and it being really dull and boring and actually it can be the complete opposite so I really wanted to help spread the message and make sure that people knew that Pilates you know was really fun and really interesting and so I feel like I kind of owe it to those people to make sure that I am still passing on that message and giving lots of content and showing them what Pilates is um, but it it's just it's, it takes a lot of time content creation I don't think people realize you know it's really time consuming and for a lot of people social media is their full-time job so to add that to a full-time business is really quite tricky um, but it is just so vital I think you touched on a few things there firstly um, talking about age and um, Instagram have you checked out a platform called TikTok and um, so it's something I keep hearing about and I keep thinking please god don't let there be another <laughs> another forum that I have to try to get my head around so um so no I don't know much about it to be honest well when you check it out then you certainly will feel old because <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> platforms where oh no it feels like it's super young but maybe that's just me because I'm a bit older as well yeah um and I mean you touched on some great points there um how much of your Pilates business is linked to your social media accounts i mean how much business is referred and how much do you rely on your instagram page to drum up new business it's mm, a good question actually it's probably a question that me and my husband ask each other constantly you know what do we how much business do we think comes to instagram um i would say that so our studios are completely one-to-one -one. so it's only yourself and the client in the room at any one point but it's a big room and it's got lots of equipment in so for that reason we tend to get quite high profile clients who either don't want to exercise in public or you know they don't want to risk being photographed or maybe they're just quite self-conscious um those I would say those types of clients don't necessarily come to us through social media um, especially because my page is also quite a lot about my private life as well but uh, I think Instagram is really important for our online plan so we have uh, a, a long time ago we'd get asked quite often uh, you know do you have any videos of your workouts so I created a method called the Pilates PT method which is a combination of hit so high intensity interval training and pilates and so it's great for those people that love pilates but they don't necessarily get to do much cardio and it's really fun it's everything that you might need all in one workout so that was actually a big part of the success of our business as in 90 percent of our sessions taught in the studios are the pilates pt method so a long time ago when there wasn't really Instagram and there wasn't a lot of free workout videos out there uh, we would get so many requests and people saying do you have any videos of the Pilates PT method which used to be called the model method and so I decided I wanted to do an online version of what we do in studio but I wanted to make sure that it was really personalized to the customer so it wasn't that you would get the same videos as you know my mum and it would be as close to having a personal trainer as possible um, and alongside that we wanted to make it really holistic we wanted to make sure we included uh, expert articles about mental health uh, we partnered up with headspace so every person that signs up to the online plan also has access to headspace the, mind the mindfulness app and um, they'd get a big starter box to help mark the start of their plan and we wanted it to be um, you know really really in depth and nothing like what was out there and that i would say um is 
Instagram is where we would get a lot of those customers for that. So it's people who maybe can't get into our studios who hear our message um, that it's, you know, the exercise is all about the whole package. It's not just for losing weight. It's about your mental health as well. Um, they see that I live that lifestyle and that is my message and that's how I treat exercise. And so I think Instagram, most of our customers for the online plan come through Instagram, whereas the studio is um, I think less so, but it's definitely a really effective marketing uh, forum, if, uh, if you think about it that way for us, um, as well as giving a bit of an insight into the owner behind the business. Interesting. Where are most of your followers based? Uh, so we actually really international because we've done, I've done a few things. Um, so we work with the Mandarin Oriental Hotel and uh, in London we've got a studio within there um, but through that I've also uh, been a visiting wellness consultant in Kuala Lumpur um, and we're hoping to kind of expand that a little bit more internationally as well so we've got followers all over the world um, but I would say that um, yeah I mean most of them are in the UK but but I'm always really intrigued to see just how many internationally we have. Going back to influencing what advice would you give to someone who wants to become an influencer? Um, so I would say that it's, I, I can understand how it would feel quite intimidating to start an Instagram page now based on the fact that there are so many people out there who already have millions of followers. So it can be really intimidating at first. I think that there are lots of pages out there that are very similar that are doing really well. So I think it's really important to have a USP. Um, you really need to think about how you're going to stand out apart from all of these other very, very big uh, profiles already. I think you have to be really authentic. Like we said, you have to make sure that your page is true to you because people can see through it. If you're posting messages purely because you're jumping on the bandwagon, I think people can really, really tell. Um, so it has to be that you're promoting a message that sits well with you. I think when I first started Instagram, it was okay to just like snap something on my phone really quickly and put that on my main page or screenshot, you know, someone else's quote and put that on my page or funny things like that. Whereas I think now your page, it does need to look beautiful and it does need to look thought through and it's not as easy as just taking a quick snapshot anymore. So having a good camera, learning some photography skills, um, and maybe saving those quick snaps for stories where they're not around for so long. Um, but I, I do, I have seen that Instagram has massively changed over the years. And at the end of the day, it is a visual platform. And so your photos do need to be good quality, um, but also the content needs to be sound and people need to believe in you and trust you and resonate with you great advice uh, and i think anyone listening to this podcast who thinks to themselves christ house holly built this um instagram platform or profile on the platform that looks so good and so authentic i think you've just given them a few nuggets there as to how they can start something themselves and um i think just to touch on that i mean consistency is definitely key as well so you know um making sure that you're consistent so those that are following you know that it can depend on your content every day, every other day, once a week, or whatever the case may be. Um, the more so, the better if you want to get picked up by the algorithm, that dreaded algorithm. But um, yeah, no, I completely get it. 
Can you name some good and bad experiences that you've encountered on Instagram? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know what? I, I've actually been pleasantly surprised in that I've never really had any uh, trolling or any horrible people. Um, so I, if I did, then that, obviously that would be my answer. I think the only, one of the negatives I can find sometimes with Instagram is I want to put as much information out there about Pilates as possible. But in Pilates, there are lots of different uh, Pilates schools. So uh, the training providers and different Pilates schools have different opinions on how Joseph Pilates work should be taught nowadays. So there are people who are super classical, who teach Pilates exactly like Joseph Pilates taught it because he was an actual person. Um, even though that was kind of around 100 years ago uh so really really staunch like we must teach it the same way that he did and then there's a lot of other people who have made it more dynamic and actually we've learned a lot since joseph was around and maybe there's some things that we should change to make it potentially safer or different or more fun and so it's sometimes I can sometimes feel quite nervous putting anything on Instagram about Pilates because you will always have someone who's got a different opinion to you and so it has taught me there have been times where I've put something on about Pilates and someone from a different Pilates school might say well actually we would teach it this way and I have to be really careful not to see that as a slight on me or to doubt myself or for it to put me off putting my opinion on social media because at the end of the day you do need to have an opinion so I'd say if I've never really had anyone be particularly horrible um, and I've never been trolled but when you do get people who challenge what you're saying when it's your job that can sometimes uh, cut quite deep but it has taught me to have a bit of a thicker skin and at the end of the day they're not criticizing me it's just that there are so many different opinions in the Pilates world and um, one of the one of the many benefits of social media though is that it has brought so many amazing people into my life and especially through then using that to build my podcast um, so I, I mainly find the amazing women or contact the amazing women for my podcast through social media and I'm always so surprised at how many people will get back to you and um, you think how many millions of people are on social media you kind of feel like if you message somebody you'll be completely lost in the ether but actually it could be a really great way to make connections and also I just love all of the questions and the um, advice that I've received since having Freya and putting things on stories about you know any struggles that I might be having actually every day during my pregnancy I kept a diary on stories of how I was getting along and we got so many incredible messages from other women at a similar time in their pregnancy to me and so I think that it really brings people together and if you're ever feeling lonely um, it can actually really help bring you out of that so I think there are negatives to social media but there are also a lot of positives and we need to remember those. Yeah I think um, we really appreciate those pros and cons and completely uh, agree with what you just said. Um, we love the fact that social media has made the world borderless and you can be speaking to someone that you've never connected with before on the other side of the world and before you know it you've made a friend and a contact and someone that you can ask a question or two to now and again or if ever you're in their country they'd be more than willing to hook up for a coffee or whatsoever. I think it's is something that that's a big positive um, to the world and probably one of the main benefits of social media, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you can genuinely make proper friendships as well. So it's not just people that you're messaging, like you said, you know, around the world. When I went to Kuala Lumpur, there were a couple of women over there who'd been following me for a while who then came to my classes whilst I was over there. And then when one of them came over to London, we then went out for dinner and now she's had a baby as well. And I've had a baby and, you know, you become genuinely genuine friends and you do meet them out off of social media. And, you know, I think I think that's a real positive. For sure. I mean, you touched on this earlier, um, but how strict are you with what you post in your feed? I'm really strict. Um, So everything, I I guess sometimes I might be a bit too strict, but everything that I want to put up, I will ask myself, how is this going to make other women feel? if you know, if there is someone who is struggling with their self confidence um, and they see this image, how is it going to make them feel? And so I'm cautious of not just putting up a picture where I might look nice and putting a very random quote underneath it, or you know, a, a caption that has absolutely nothing to do with the photo, just because I think the photo is a nice photo. Like everything I put up really needs to have meaning, um, and I and I feel a huge responsibility. Um, with what I put on there especially because I do know that a lot of the women that follow me do feel um, quite disconnected from the fitness industry and they might be quite self-conscious and they might be struggling or they might have found that the weight loss aspect of the fitness industry is quite damaging for them and so I I feel very responsible about what I put on my social media so hopefully I mean I'm sure I'll have made mistakes along the way but hopefully women looking at my page don't feel um, bad about themselves or compare their fitness levels to my fitness levels Um, I just want it to be inspiring and motivating and um, and real and honest. So I'm, I'm very honest on my stories. Often I won't wear any makeup in them and I'll look like absolute crap. And I'll think, God, should I really just, should I maybe go draw my eyebrows on before I do this story? But then, you know what, actually, um, I think people need to see the reality. So, so I'm, yeah, I'm very strict and um, I don't just, yeah, I don't just put stuff up because people have asked me to put it up. You may be strict, but you're also very responsible by the sounds of it because when you have an account that has a following of your size, like we've touched on and spoken about throughout this podcast, you have uh, a responsibility to those that follow you because you are inspiring them slash influencing them to do certain things. So it's it's good that you take it seriously, in my opinion, because you never know how things will be interpreted and you don't want things to be misinterpreted or to lead people into feeling a false sense of security or people to be just cheesed off with what you put on so I mean it's very um it's interesting as to what you just said yeah and look let's speak plainly I know full well that with uh working in the fitness industry and having a fitness business I could very easily put all over my social media before and after pictures of our clients I could put pictures up of myself you know oiled up um before I had Freya um (laughs) you know and I could make the page a certain way and I could probably have double the followers that I have at the moment and you know maybe I might sell a few more online plans and you know there's definitely uh, a formula for for getting lots of followers but that just really wouldn't sit well with me and it would alienate the followers I have that genuinely um, you know really are engaged with us and it just it's just not what I want from my social media so um, that's why it, I just wouldn't go there 
and I, I think you have to be careful not to just chase followers and you know putting up a pretty picture of yourself is going to get lots of likes but is it actually changing is it sending a message is it changing anybody's life is it really helping anybody um and that, yeah so that that just wouldn't sit well with me okay um let's have some fun now um mm. can you name an instagram account that you love and check out regularly oh god um well uh oh gosh I wish I you put me on the spot here well at the moment um a lot of them tend to revolve around uh any sleep consultants for babies so there's an Instagram account called care out sleep consultant and what I love about her page is that she is always giving in, like free information out so even though she has an online kind of e-course that gives loads of information um about how to help your baby sleep better she every day puts up uh, free advice and information and it's really quite clever because I go on there I actively type it in every day whereas normally I would just you know scroll through my home page um, I'll actively put her thing in and go to her page to read her information and even though I could probably go through her whole page and get all the information that I need I still bought the e-course anyway and I think that's a really important business um like a tip for people is that you can give free content away. And this is something I've had to learn. You can give free content away and not run the risk of losing out on potential customers because people need to know what it is that you're selling and what your message is and, you know, the quality of your advice and your, and your videos for them to really invest and buy like a full product. Um, so that's something I've kind of had to learn for myself with our online course as well. Uh, so her, I also, I really like Carly. Rowena because they're a mixture of beautiful pictures of her um, and her daughter uh, but also she's also very honest and you know she admits when things aren't quite going well and I feel like there's some transparency there uh, gosh there are so many people um deliciously Ella uh, Melissa Hemsley I love her page as well because again beautiful pictures of food that inspire me to get back in the kitchen again but she always gives away free recipes um, you know she's not just trying to get you to buy her book there is so much free content on there as well uh, yeah I could I could think of loads but I feel on the spot <laughs> yeah, that's good cool thank you which brands would you like to work with so uh, again, we're, we're really careful about the brands that we work with because they need to be, uh, again, really in line with, um, with our business and our message. So I've been a global ambassador for Sweaty Betty for absolute donkey's years because I used to actually train the owner, one, of the, one of the co-owners, Simon. Um, so I'm really uh, friendly with the owners and uh, I think they're an amazing company and they do a lot for when I first started teaching, the, the clothes that I could wear were horrific. They were basically men's fitness clothes, but in pink. Um, I think, you know, they just basically took anything and just made it pink. Um, whereas Sweaty Betty, you know, like they really do think about how it feels and how it looks. So I've worked with them for a long time and, you know, that's been a perfect partnership. And recently I've also worked with LV, who um, they basically take 
feminine problems and fix them and make them less kind of embarrassing. So, for example, they have a pelvic floor trainer, which incontinence is so common. And we we see a lot of it coming through our studios because a lot of our clients are postnatal and it's something that just isn't talking about talked about enough. And I think it's something like one in three women suffer with incontinence during pregnancy. Um, and so they have taken something that's embarrassing incontinence and they've created a product and then they've made it look incredibly cool. So the branding is very similar to kind of Apple. Um, and it's really, it actually works, you know, it's quite a high price point. Um, but, but it is a really good product. And then they also did the same with breast pumps. So they created a breast pump for if you're breastfeeding, um, that goes in your bra, wait, so you've got your hands free, you can wear it to the shops, no one knows it's in there, it syncs up to your iPhone. And again, incredible branding. Um, so they, they're a company that we've been working with, and I created some Pilates content for them that they put through their YouTube pages. And again, it's because they're both products that I use and um, completely recommend within the studio to our customers. Um, so yeah, I think it would, it would always need to be brands where it solves a problem uh, that I've experienced or our customers experience. Excellent. And we do know Velvi, they're, um, yeah, they're a top company. Are there any brands that you can name that we can put into the ether and see what happens beyond the podcast? Oh, oh I wish you'd warned me about this one beforehand because <laughs> I could come up with a wish list. Um, oh, God, I feel like this is a complete missed opportunity. <laughs> well, we circle back? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Leave no me worries. some time to think about that one. Yeah, fine. <laughs> okay, look, what's a perfect day look like to you? A perfect day? Yeah. Oh, uh, gosh, in what way? A work day or a weekend day? Either or, your choice. Um, okay, so waking up after having a full night's sleep would be lovely. Um, and then waking up, my husband, um, it makes incredible, he's an incredible cook. And so uh, a really nice breakfast in the morning from him, uh, meditating. Actually, this morning, we're, we're away at the moment. Um, so something like this morning would be nice. I went and meditated out on a little kind of pontoon um, over a pond in the middle of nowhere um, and some journaling and then I guess uh, a little bit of exercise maybe a bike ride in the sun or a run on the beach um, maybe some baking because I used to be a pastry chef but then obviously I think because it was such a negative experience I kind of fell out of love of that and recently I've got back into that again so that would be really nice um time with friends and family so because I went to a boarding school I'm really really close to um to my friends from there uh maybe a little bit of alcohol in the sun and a nice meal at a restaurant in London because I moved out of London a couple of years ago and I really miss having all those incredible restaurants on um my doorstep and then a night on the sofa in front of the tv with the dog and my husband um and a bar of chocolate uh, so lots of food and alcohol basically seems to be in there and then a little bit of exercise thrown in. Excellent. And I, I think you've kind of solved my um, thoughts about what to do this weekend. So um, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great day. You're welcome. <laughs> What's one thing that not many people know about you? Um, 
oh, what's something that not many people know about me? Well, I guess I've already said it, to be honest, that I went to, um, that I went to a military boarding school uh, from the age of 11 until 18. I was an absolute kino, and um, we had to do CCF. We had to do parades on the weekend. I had to polish my shoes. I um, was head girl while I was there, even though anyone who knows me now probably can't imagine why because I'm actually quite um I like to say independent but probably gobby would be the word um <laughs> and um don't always like authority um and I was uh, called senior under officer so I was in charge of all the parades on the weekend and so I actually really loved the military side of it and I think in hindsight I would have quite liked to have joined the military um but my I think the experience for my mother was not fantastic because she had to move around a lot and my dad was away an awful lot and she always told me from a young age don't you dare join the military like don't you dare um so I think I would have in hindsight I think I probably would have done quite well in the military and I would have quite liked to have joined it but uh, I think my mum would have absolutely killed me really interesting okay um what are your what are your plans for the future so ironically uh while around the time of having uh, getting pregnant with Freya and having Freya the business has probably had the most going on um which I think is why I have found it so challenging juggling everything uh so we as I said we've already got two studios uh, one is within the Mandarin Oriental Hotel and we are our aim is to spread amongst Mandarin Orientals all around the world. Um, so we would really love to grow with them. We do want more studios internationally. We are also looking at our next studio uh, within London as well. So I'd really like to grow the studios uh, across London. We've got a lot of clients that travel from North London, you know, Shoreditch, and we're nowhere near those areas. So it'd be nice to spread out a little bit around there. Um, we've already got an online plan, but I also am in the middle of creating a prenatal version of it. And I was filming fitness videos throughout my pregnancy. So customers doing the online plan will be at the same stage of pregnancy as I am in the videos as well. So hopefully it just helps women feel a little bit safer about what they're doing. Um, we have a podcast uh, that's been around for quite a long time and is doing really well. But I'd like to keep growing that and potentially look at um, how we can monetize that um, and get sponsors. We also, uh, what else are we doing? Um, we, I'm going away to Morocco in a month's time for three weeks as a visiting wellness consultant in a luxury hotel over there, which I think for my husband, who's coming along with the baby, will be lovely. I think for me, it'll be very hectic. And trying to juggle breastfeeding and teaching will be interesting. Uh, but it'll be lovely to go abroad. And also next year, we're hosting our first retreat next June. And I've always wanted to host a retreat. Um, so we've got lots going on, lots of kind of things to juggle. Uh, but all really exciting projects but I think in general it's just to kind of keep expanding the studios because they're they're my original babies three words to sum that up watch this space exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> and I think also I really want to uh, inspire other women who've had children as well um, to to know that you can keep working and you can keep um, you know your hand you can keep 
your passions going and when you have a baby like it doesn't have to stop and you can juggle things and yes some things will slip and you might not be able to do certain things as well and you know I can't remember the last time I got my hair cut or dyed my hair or you know got my eyebrows done and things will slide but you can still um you know you can still keep working you can still keep running your business and it doesn't have to all end when you have a baby again great advice um, for those listening and more nuggets within there um circling back to that one question about the brands um which brands would you like to work with (laughs) you can do it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um i think well I definitely think um, food brands because uh, uh, the food side of things, especially with my background as a chef, was a really big part of my life. And we're also, you know, super, we're really against dieting uh, with our methods. So we hate um we hate the way that every online plan comes with a diet plan. Like we don't have that at all. We're all about enjoying your food and kind of eating uh, more mindfully and cooking meals that make you happy rather than that make you skinny um so I guess the food side of things would be great also we're really keen uh, we're really big proponents of mental health so obviously I've had my own struggles with mental health in the past and I have to work really really hard um to stay on top of that especially with lack of sleep now um so I always meditate and journal and so I think any any brands that are also helping to promote um positive mental health as well and um, any any brands that are I'm starting to see now more and more brands I think Boots did it over the summer and a few of the clothing companies that are starting to be a little bit more inclusive about the type of women that they put in their adverts and the messaging that they put out there and so I guess yeah I'd love to work with brands who are trying to change the face of how we uh, view women and how we judge women uh, and the the amount of love that we oh, the amount of importance we put on the way people look anyone who's trying to ch- shake that up a little bit and try to um, stop women hating themselves so much so yeah I don't know if that's really answered the question but I guess most of them it needs to be about the moral behind the business rather than necessarily what they're selling Got it. So it's those that are really trying to buck the status quo um, and do something which really helps rather than something that may or may not help. So exactly. I, know, I think we've nailed <laughs> that. I think that we'll watch this space and see what happens because yeah, I think you've put it out there now. So um, that's good. <laughs> Let's hope so. I think, it, you know what, I think that um, that's sort of highlighted that actually that's something that I have taken my eye off the ball with a little bit since having Freya is thinking about companies that resonate with us and that have a similar message to us and reaching out to them. And I think, again, that's where influencers can really use their power and, um, you know, think about companies that, you can benefit mutually beneficial um so maybe actually when i get off of this podcast i should sit down and write a list of those companies that's definitely given me a kick up the bum there we go it's all positivity (laughs) (laughs) for those people listening to you for the first time what's your instagram handle um what's your website address etc yeah, so my Instagram is the Pilates PT. We do also have one for the studio, which is more um, you know, visuals of what Pilates looks like. That one's the Pilates PT Studio. Uh, our website is www.pilatespt.co.uk. And if you also want to follow our podcast, it's the Strong Women Podcast. Uh, and we'd love you to, to follow. 
Great stuff, Holly. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been so insightful. I think we've learned a load about you. And um, yeah, we, we will definitely be watching this space because it seems like you've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. W wish me luck. <laughs> <laughs> All the luck in the world. Thanks so much, Holly. Thanks, George. We can't wait to see what the future holds for Holly as she has bold ambitions. If you're an influencer yourself and would like to feature on a podcast or a brand looking to sponsor an episode, feel free to get in touch by emailing us team at fitby.agency. And if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe and rate the podcast as it really helps.